Welcome to another edition of your favorite podcast in the entire world. We're the Old Titans. I'm John Paul. B-Man. And yes, the entire world. The entire this world. Is the greatest. I, I don't have a more favorite one. I don't either. Actually. Okay, then. You know, that's at least two people that, that applied to. Although the funny thing is, I don't listen to any podcasts. Oh, I so do. Therefore. I listen to other ones. Oh, I guess okay. Yeah, but that, that's okay. And I'm very happy to announce that I don't know which episode number this is. I could guess and probably get close, but... We've now done so many. That feels the good. The late teens. The late teens. I the think. late teens. That's where yeah. we're at-ish. Yeah, we're driving age. Yes. But we're not yet of draftable age, probably. Probably not. Okay. Can't drink yet. Yeah, right. Okay, cool. All right, so, as usual, let's start off with a B-Man question of the week. Easy question. What is your favorite slash best anime? Favorite slash best anime? Yes. All right, thought about it? And I'm, I'm going to make it real short, because I actually have three answers, and I'll explain why, but I'll make it real short. I'm not going to drag this one out like I have at times, because I tend to want to keep talking and talking yes, and talking. Yes, yes, and I walk fast leave it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, I really narrowed it down to three styles. Okay. There's anime movies that are just kind of one and done. There are anime series that are longer, you know, six, eight, ten, twelve, or whatever hours, but they're not an ongoing series. So, it's more than a movie. Miniseries, whatever you want to call it, okay. and then it's done, and then you got just the ongoing. And I had a hard time. I, I was, I had two or three floating in my head back and forth, and it's like, yeah, that's that's the reason why. So, the answer to the movie is Castle of Cagliostro. This okay. was a Lupin the Third um, movie, um, incredible. Most everybody says it's probably the best Lupin the Third and one of the best animes when you get a when you get a ranking from people of some of the best. It was one of the very first ones I ever saw. Funny, action adventure, great movie. Long form, but not ongoing, Area eighty eight. Um, it's fighter pilots in Northern Africa, mercenaries, uh story of a of two guys from Japan. One of them gets the other drunk and signs him up as a mercenary to get him out of the way so he can steal his job and girl. And while he's in Africa, he can't desert because they'll kill him, so he has to earn his way out of it. And there's this back-and-forth thing, and it's just really cool. And then ongoing, back to Lupin, because there was the movie, and he had several movies. But ongoing story-wise, Lupin the Third is what I always enjoy the most. It's not the most clean anime-style stuff that you think of, but it's fun. And that's that's what I like the best is I've never even heard of that until you mentioned that that's alright I mean that's that's great yeah because you know you and I go to MegaCon every single year yep. and until I actually moved to Florida I had no idea how big anime actually was oh yeah it is huge sometimes ridiculously so yeah and MegaCon itself is I'd probably say almost half anime or close to I mean there's a lot there it feels like it so um I was surprised yeah you know for me personally um, anime comic-wise, I've oh, always manga. loved... Manga. Manga. Is that what yes, it is? Yeah, manga? manga is the comic books. Okay. Manga-wise, Death Note. Absolutely love Death Note. Have you seen the, anim- the anime of it? Um, I have not yet. You can borrow it from me. I believe it's on Netflix. I could actually, it could be on Netflix. I you could do that. Too. I'm just lazy. If you wanted to. But I do have it on DVD, just in case. Is it subtitles, or is it dubbed over? Um, it's um, dubbed. With anime, that's... Not no, as big yeah. a deal. Um, that's my favorite. <laughs> oh, before you go on, just so you know, they just um, released a um, teaser trailer for the live-action Death Note that's coming. I believe it's actually going to be on Netflix. No kidding. I believe it is, but they're doing an American... 
There have been live-action ones in Japan. This is an American-produced live-action Death Note. And the teaser trailer is probably, you know, 15 seconds or something. It probably should be Japanese to me. But, you know, I'm, I'm still definitely... Is it the on, concept. The concept's not a big On YouTube, I guess? Uh, yeah, go out to YouTube and look for it. Well, that's a complete... There, okay, cool. Um, the funny thing is, once this... We actually... Up to this moment we started the show, yeah. my answer is Robotech. Love Robotech cartoon. Loved it. Understandable. Um, however, I can't believe I actually forgot this one. Cowboy Bebop. Oh, yeah. Is oh, yeah. actually probably my favorite anime cartoon. That cartoon was awesome. That would fit into that long form. You know, it's not ongoing forever and ever, but it was, you know. I mean, that, and I actually ordered it, right? Well, I bought oh, those, yeah. the, uh, and I, I kind of, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm going to go home and watch them. I yeah. love Cowboy Bebop. I always mean, have. I mean, Josh Sweden admitted that's one of the influences for Firefly. Oh, you can tell. Yeah. Too. You can absolutely tell. So, yeah, I'm, I go with those two Death Note and Bebop. Those are pretty easy. And I don't think we, I didn't disagree with either. Either that you said, even Robotech, which was not one of my favorites, was really good. Oh, I loved it back in the yeah. I mean, again, I was the younger age. There were other ones out there, like Voltron was up there. Other th- but, yeah. Um, At some point, I'll give you a copy of Castle Cagliostro so you can watch that, just to see. Since our tastes on the others are similar, I think you'd like it. It's a good two-hour introduction to the, the full cast. And uh, Vampire Hunter D was actually another good one. It was pretty good. I, was. I dug that one a yeah. lot. I'm not as big on the... They had so many of the vampire and horror type things. And also so many of the weird mutation alien type things. That just, after a while, I got tiresome. So that's why I kind of like the Area 88. It's different. Um, a bunch of different things they had that were yeah, well, unique. Cool. I mean, I found... There's a lot of actually... Like, the first season, I hate to admit it, of Yu-Gi-Oh! was actually incredibly entertaining. It really was. They go to this island, they play this card game that's similar to Magic. I'm not really sure in the rules. They never explain the rules that well. I'm holding back from making fun of you on no, this one. go ahead. Go ahead. Make fun of me. Okay. Because um, I'll get you back Suicide Squad. Well, no, no I, I, this is different. This is different from okay. that one. This is the one I'm going to hold over your head. Anytime you mention or get dumbfounded that I like Twilight, I'm going to just say the words Yu-Gi-Oh. At least Yu-Gi-Oh fits into our genre of geekdom. Twilight does not... No, 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 no. It's vampires. No, no it's... No, Twilight sort is of. not vampires. Sort of. It's not vampires. And werewolves. That is werewolves. Twilight is... Their, their vampires are weird, but their werewolves are pretty cool werewolves. I, I can't even comment on this. I don't even know you anymore. It's like I've known you for like 14 years, and now it's like I've known you for like two days. Just, just, just one thing I have to say, though. What's that? Yu-Gi-Oh. Much better than... I guarantee <laughs> we have a bigger... The first season was incredibly entertaining. That's all I'm saying. All right. All right. So right. Go ahead with the news and. All right, on to the news. Uh, news this week. We got mostly a um, premiere focused news time uh, coming up in April, since we are now here at the end of March almost. We have a bunch of new stuff coming on TV, mm-hmm. uh, things that should appeal to anyone who hopefully is listening to this podcast. Of course, if you're listening in the future sometime, it's too late. Go back and watch them in the past. But, you know. Um, coming up April 4th, iZombie Returns. Great show. Also coming up April 4th, Prison Break. We get to see uh, Captain Cold and... Uh, yeah, you're laughing now. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, it's the return to Prison Break. So, you know, I, I, I watched the first season of that. It was good. First season was great. Second season was still fun. But it's like, yeah, I would go back to prison again to break out. I'm like, what the heck no, is going on? No, baby? second season was on the run. That made sense. First season, Prison Break. Right. Second season on the run. Those two seasons made sense. Third season, it fell apart. And I didn't even watch the last one. I don't even know if it made a you know, full fourth season. I, just don't, I don't remember. But no, 
Okay. It was prison break. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it coming back to see just what they do with it. On the 14th, uh, Netflix, Mystery Science Theater 3000 returns. MST3K is back. I don't know if you were you a big MST3K uh, I fan. I absolutely am. That okay. is one of the best things to watch. Well, we now have a um, descendant of the original Mad Doctor who sent Joel and team into space, uh, played by Felicia Day, who's going to carry on their business. Oh, Felicia Day is amazing. I asked to come to VidCon this year. By yeah, the way. That's, that's true. She comes to a lot of those. Um, on the 19th, Fargo, which love Fargo. It's been fantastic. And even if it was not fantastic and worth mentioning on its own, Noah Hawley, who creates and writes all that, is also the one doing um, Legion. So for anybody who's enjoying Legion, you should definitely watch Fargo. And the last one of the month, on the 30th, American Gods. Neil Gaiman's classic is coming to stars. Is his name Gaiman or Gaiman? How do you actually I say pronounce? Gaiman. I don't know which is right, but I say Neil Gaiman. Okay. Um, I figure if he's ever in front of me and corrects me, I will apologize if I said it wrong and start saying it correctly. And I will apologize for you. Yeah. And until then, I'm not going to worry about it too much. Okay. I mean, I apologize for you all the time, so this is nothing. I understand. Um, another one that's coming up, I have my little notepad here, even though you just showed it to me on the phone, is uh, Justice League teaser trailer just um, came out this morning kind of secretly, and I guess now it's been released online. And the full Justice League trailer is going to be um, dropping this Saturday, the 25th of March. That's something very exciting for you. Yes. The trailer will be cool for everybody. Well, the trailer Whether you enjoy the movie oh, yeah. or not, the trailer will be cool. Think about how many movies. I could actually sit there and watch two hours worth of a whole run of trailers for movies that were garbage, but enjoy that two hours. There's a lot of movies they can put together cool trailers That's for. True. That's that true. doesn't matter what the movie is like. Okay. Um, I don't remember at the moment, but I have a feeling Independence Day 2, probably a cool trailer. Um, no. Was... Highlander 2 had a pretty cool trailer. Highlander 2 did have a cool trailer, yes. The movie's not worth even us talking about beyond mentioning it had a cool trailer. But, um, so anyway, the Justice League, the next trailer, which is early. I was expecting it not to show up until in front of Wonder Woman. Okay. There's so, coming. Sad piece of news Bernie Wrightson, co creator of Swamp Thing and plenty of other, I mean, that's, that's not his only claim to fame, but that's the part that means the most to me. Bernie Wrightson passed away this past weekend. I gotta say, that one hit me and I made sure to make that the background on my phone for a while and pull out some Swamp Thing issues to read. And the reason that meant so much is, as a kid, I enjoyed Swamp Thing, along with plenty of other comics. I'm sure you had certain... I love Swamp Thing. Yeah, I'm sure you had certain favorite ones as a kid. I had a period of time where I dropped out of reading comics. You know when I say period of time? This is as a kid, three, maybe four years tops. You know, read a bunch, we moved a couple times, the shop I was near, the spinner rack of the grocery store, whatever it was, wasn't there anymore, so I stopped getting comics for a period of time. And then one snow day, living in Tennessee, a little bit of snow hits, schools are canceled because, well, the South can't handle snowfall. That's just just a <laughs> fact of life. Yes. Um, so I'm at home, kind of bored, and the snow, of course, starts melting because there's not much there. My dad says, hey, why don't we go up to the video store and make a video? I'm all for it. And this is not a blockbuster. This is a little locally owned one. And they have, off to the side... A stack of magazines and a stack of this and a stack of that and so on. It's, it's, it's a little mom-and-pop shop, and they're doing everything they can to make money. So every corner of the store is crammed with something. Right. They had just, in the, the week since I'd been there before, added comic books in. Their first shipment of comics. Like, whoa, hey, 
haven't seen these in a while. My dad's looking through all the videos, and I'm kind of bored because I already picked out a movie or two that I thought would be cool. So I go over and start flipping through the comics. Hey, there's Superman. Hey, there's Batman. Hey, there's, you know, fill in the blank. You know, Spider-Man, Hulk, whatever. And there was a Swamp Thing issue. And the Swamp Thing cover had Swamp Thing fighting vampires. And as it turns out, this was early in the Alan Moore run. The first full issue with John Constantine, it was actually a second appearance, but the first full issue with John Constantine, early in Alan Moore's Swamp Thing run, none of that meant anything to me. I just saw it and thought, hey, can I get this to Dad? And he said, yeah, sure. So I brought home the Swamp Thing comic. If I had not brought home that comic that day, I would not have gotten back into comics, I believe. I honestly believe I would not have started collecting again. Doesn't mean I wouldn't have at some point in the future randomly picked up a book or two. Right. But that one issue, that one snow day, that one issue of Swamp Thing probably changed my life to some degree. I never would have owned a comic shop. Lots of stuff that never would have happened. Might not be doing this podcast today if that had not happened. And that issue would not have happened if Bernie Wrightson had not helped co-create Swamp Thing. So... It's a special place in my life. That's actually crazy, because you and I are actually friends. We started out our friendship, like I said, about 14 years ago, give or take, because of comic books. Yep. I mean, a mutual friend, Mary, who introduced us, because you know, I started this new job, but you were working already, and I didn't know anybody at all. Yeah. And she's like, what do you like? And I'm like, well, you know, I like everything. I like sports, but I'm also a big comic fan. Well, meet this guy, John Paul, and she introduced us. I mean, again, we would have met at the job here and there, but we never would have hung out, I don't think. Yeah. That's when we started hanging out. We went to the comic shop together, and that's when we became friends. So that's actually kind of crazy. Yeah, so. Wow. All because of a snow day and Bernie Wrightson and my dad. We're sitting here together as friends doing this podcast. Rest in peace. There we go. And the very last piece of news I have, Aquaman. Okay, so there's a whole lot of DC movies and Marvel movies coming. I honestly think both companies have gotten ridiculous on the planning for the next, like, Two decades of release <laughs> yes, schedules. It seems that way. I'm not. I don't think it's crazy to plan to do lots of sequels and lots of spinoffs. Hey, I'm all for it. But the the tying up movie dates and moving stuff around and all this kind of stuff they've they've gotten a little overboard. Okay. That being said, they're out there, and one that looks pretty cool. Not the most popular comic book character, but I've always liked him, Aquaman, and the movie looks pretty good. They've had some preview images coming out and different stuff. Um, and Aquaman was scheduled for release in um, October of, I believe it's 18. It's either 18 or 19. But anyway, it was in October. Mm-hmm. And last week sometime, or the week before that, James Cameron announced that he would not be releasing Avatar that December. He had a date tied up for Avatar, which, of course, when the sequel to Avatar comes out, that's going to be huge. And December's a big... And December itself is huge. Yeah. So, big dates. He announces it's not going to be happening that year. It's going to be delayed indefinitely. That was a little blip in everybody's radar. Aquaman's Warner Brothers executives decide, hey, we're going to give up our October spot and move two months further out to take that spot in December. Makes perfect sense. They're going to make more money. It's more high profile. Mm-hmm. Not going to be against Avatar sequel. Going to be in Christmas vacation. And it's two months. Yeah. I mean... What's two months? Right. Avatar gets moved, and it's a blip. Aquaman gets moved, and there's headlines everywhere about Aquaman delayed, Aquaman delayed. And it's, to me, trying to sensationalize this, when you read the articles, there's not much to the articles, but everybody always starts out, once again, DC's having to delay something. And, you know, it, I, I get it. The Flash stuff is ridiculous. Right. All the stuff going on with Flash has been ridiculous. 
this one is a non-story. It's a non-story, point. but a couple of things here. Um, number one, and it's not trash. And, well, this is trash in DC movies. <laughs> DC movies have been so bad at this point, and so many things are happening with them, with the Affleck thing. Yu-Gi-Oh. Hey, that's okay. fine, man. That's fine. Bring it up. But, you know, the Affleck thing with Batman. Yeah. Um, the original Green Lantern disaster. Um, just so many things have happened that, yeah, they're going to pounce on this. I kind of can't blame them for pouncing on this because DC, you got to admit, they are a mess. I don't think I don't think they're a mess. You don't think they're a mess? I don't think they're a mess. Okay, so this whole Batman thing's okay? This whole Flash thing's okay? The Flash part's not. Okay. But that doesn't mean DC as a whole is a mess. Batman? With the Affleck not possibly being on this movie? I backed away from directing now. I'm running, doesn't want to be in the movie at all, possibly, running the rumors? No, that, that rumor is uh, no, you, already you, been put you, to you're, rest. De- you're debunking that rumor. I think yeah. that rumor is very valid um, the movies have not been critically liked by the critics the fans have very mixed opinions on the movies there's reasons more, to be questionable towards DC more mixed on Batman versus Superman on Suicide Squad it was less still mixed. like 60% but less mixed okay because, I mean when you when you look at what they should have made at the box office Batman versus Superman should have made double what it made right got it Suicide Squad probably made more then if you rewound five years, more than anyone ever dreamed that would have I, I made. I agree with that. So, you know, that, that one that was well enough received that it, that one's going to be fine. But there's reason enough to question what happens with DC. I, I think there's plenty of reason out there to question what happens. I'm sorry, Green Lantern was a disaster. And I think it's, honestly, with as fickle as Hollywood and the public can be, mm-hmm. I think we're one good movie away from people not caring or forgetting about all that. I, I totally agree with you. I mean, one good one. But think of the Hulk. You had Ang Lee, Hulk. Horrible. Horrible. Terrible movie. When they announced The Incredible Hulk was coming, no one cared. Then it came out, and its numbers were much lower than any other Marvel movie. However, people loved it who saw it. And then the Hulk has been such a favorite character in the Avengers and such, people are clamoring for more Hulk movies. All it took was one good movie. The Incredible Hulk was actually pretty decent. It was. But people didn't want it when they heard it was coming. Huh? Because of the bad ones. And but now as they soon want, yeah. as right. the good one comes out, they forget about the bad. That's right. And if the Batman is great, which I'm hoping it's great. I love Batman. I'm wearing a Batman jacket right now. Good. You know, you bought me and you complimented the other day because you didn't know how I got this jacket. I'm like, you bought me. I just got it, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so, I mean, I, I hope you're right. I just, I can see why people get nervous about DC. Yeah. I can see that. And you're right. Avatar should be like, okay, this movie that's already been delayed what, seven years ago this movie first yeah, came yeah. out? I didn't even know when it first came yeah. out. And I, under- I actually understand that being a blip because it's, yet again, okay, whatever. Right. What we expect. Right. Because it's about that same movie. But if Cameron came out and mentioned something about a different movie, there's no reason to compare the two things. And so, anyway. But that's the last of my news for the day. That is true. Well, that's, that, was, that was a good thing right now. Yeah. We actually went longer than news than we... Have gone ever before. I kind of it's a good it's a good, it's a good news day. Um, so for the main topic today, I'm just going to bring this up real quick. Yeah. Usually, you and I, you know, we are constant planning for this podcast, hours and hours, or as we do it, five minutes here and there, whatever. Late, Which, the, late into the night, worrying about it. Yep. Yeah. Usually, we sit down lunch on Monday or Tuesday, like, what are we going to talk about this day? And you usually bring up an idea to me, and we laugh and say, ha, ah, that's funny, it's a dumb idea, and we don't go with your ideas, because they're always in bed. Oh, of course. I mean, we had a couple of them, and, you know, they're our worst shows. <laughs> but 
you, you brought this question up to me, because today it was actually supposed to be all anime. That yes. was originally the yes. topic. And, um, Which I still want to do eventually. Oh, yeah, and we will. Yeah. Maybe we'll have Brian or somebody back who's definitely an anime yes, expert on that. absolutely. Um, Friday I, met, I gave you a question about like songs and movies and that kind of stuff. Like, you know, what kind of yeah. shit you want at all. And then Monday you brought up a topic to me. We're sitting around, it's like, you know what, is there any kind of moment in movies you actually do that you just jump out of your bed and cheer or TV shows like, yeah, that was awesome, that kind of fire you up. The whole audience in a theater. Yeah. Starts clapping and cheering, yeah, those yeah, kind of, yes. Exactly. And um, it was so bizarre to me because I'm like, yeah, it is. And, you know, we talked a little bit about that. Then I went home that night, you know, we have this, I have tons of movies at home and Netflix and that kind of stuff. And looking like, and there's so many moments. I'm like, this is actually a good topic, John Paul. I'm actually proud of you for this one. Well, thank you. Thank you. You I, actually I had my finally, you, you had your moment there. This is probably your last one for like the next year. You, you put your set now for a year. Okay. I'm good. It's good to know. I, I can sit back and just coast on this one. You can. Okay. So well, let me ask you, John Paul. As far as TV shows, movies, whatever go. Yep. What moment, like, we'll start with your favorite, for example. Yes. Your favorite moment that just like, you just... You just can't hold yourself back. You want to stand up and cheer. Like, that just happened. Big, and biggest moment. Biggest for, moment, For me, yeah. it was easy. That was the one I thought of when I gave you an example of the type of moment I was thinking of. Right. Um, biggest moment to me, and I've seen the movie in the theater, A, as a kid, and then B, you know, over the years, as it's been re-released or in college, and I've been in an audience multiple times, and this moment in this movie has the entire place cheering every single time, even though they know it's coming. Star Wars, New Hope, first Star Wars movie, 1977, sitting there as a little kid, or anytime you've seen it since, you get down to the final run against the Death Star, you get to the trench run, and everybody's gone through it, and finally it's Luke, and he's going, and he's lost R2, and, it's, and the moment is desperate, you know, and he's turned off his um, targeting system, he's used the force, Luke, you know, we're, we're, we're in the moment, and Darth Vader is getting closer and closer, and finally, I have you now. And as he starts to fire, suddenly there's a blast from somewhere off screen that hits one of the other TIE fighters. There's a whoa, which was probably the worst line James Earl Jones said in the entire movie thing, <laughs> that his whoa did not come out great, as much as I love James Earl Jones. That didn't matter, though, because it was so trumped by the next second, the camera turning virtually since you know we're in space and there's really not a camera in space turning to see the Millennium Falcon with a halo effect of the stars you know behind it you know bright light mm -hmm. and Han Solo's voice you're all clear kid now let's blow this thing and go home the triumphant you know you were so upset that Han Solo had left how could he leave them in their moment of need and now he's back and that that moment was just so perfect with Han coming to the rescue and the whole audience just, they don't actually stand up, but they feel like standing up, and they're clapping, and they're cheering, and it's, yeah, that's the moment for me. I've had a few of them, actually. As a matter of fact, Star Wars, well, I'll get to that in a minute, but a few Star Wars movies have a lot of those moments. Yeah. Um, that was probably my favorite as well. So yeah, that's in my top five. But uh, for me, you know, I've actually realized this kind of last night and this morning, my moments always win... You know, the good guys always had the backs against the wall. They finally had enough, and they finally started fighting back. Okay. Um, my favorite 
to this moment is still Red Dawn. The original Red Dawn, the Patrick Swayze, Charlie Sheen. The only one. real Red Dawn. Yeah, the new one, I, yeah, I, I don't like acknowledge that one. It was pretty bad. People liked it, though. Some people I don't like it. Yeah, I, I, thought, I thought it was pretty it's, bad. It's a story of its time. You really can't do it outside you, Yeah, of that. you can't really replicate that. But, um, you know, the Russians come over. They had the firing squad. I mean, they take over, essentially, yes. parts of this area. And Cubans. And Cubans, yes, and Cubans. Um, they take over the part of this country, um, white people out, prison camps, they have firing squads, that going on. Yep. And these kids managed to get out in time, went up to the mountains. Patrick Incredi- Swayze, Charlie Sheen. Incredible cast. Oh, yeah. Great cast. Not that they knew it when they cast them, but incredible no. cast. And um, finally, Russians go up to the mountains, just to you know, take some pictures, that kind of stuff. Yep. Kids see them, take them out. And, you know, you can't get the movies in going now they're ready to... Fighting back. Yeah, they, they, they get ready to fight back. Or at least something doesn't happen. And um, there's two girls in the movie, Jennifer Grey, from Dirty Dancing, with Patrick Swayze as well. Right. And then she goes by riding a bike, and you see her going to this gas station. And there's a tank at the gas station. And you're under the impression the two girls were... They kind of hinted that they might have been abused by right. Russians right. before. Um, so they, they, that kind of stuff happened. So, you know, she's upset. Oh, yeah. And they... They, hey, beautiful girl, whatever, and try talking to her, try to come to him, that kind of stuff, and she tries to run away. And there's a picnic basket there. Take the basket, throw it in the truck, take her take stuff. You know, they throw it in the tank and that kind of thing, and she grabs a bike, starts running away. Blows up. Boom. Yeah, boom. Like, what the boy. heck just happened? And they're like, you know, one guy grabs a bike, let's get her, type thing, and they're charging after her. Walking down, she's running, 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 and you see like this field she's yeah, running big on. Big open field. Like, big open field. Really? That's where you by. chose to run? Yeah. yeah, and even you kind of wonder, like, you're on a bike, get, get on the bike, take off, something. But behind you running, something. Yeah, it makes no sense. But she's running, 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 and it's kind of quiet, and the Russian cup. All of a sudden, the ground pops open, and the Wolverines come popping out of the ground. You know, music blares, and they blow the Russians away, and the Cubans away, and the music's blaring, and, you know, it's just, oh, yeah, they're fighting back, man, and the music's going good, and it cuts immediately to the firing squad again. They're relying on the firing squad, and then, again, the Wolverines didn't take them out. And one of the young kids on top of the mountain just screams out, Wolverines, for the first time. That whole sequence, which lasted about five minutes, just to me, was amazing. Best in any, any cinema at all. Just the it most was cool. amazing. It was fun. It was really awesome. It was fun. Um, I, I have to give you that. I would not make it top... Star Wars for me, but it was a fun. It was. Oh yeah, it was absolutely. Cool. I mean, the score was amazing. Just them fighting back and just high enough was just amazing. I noticed for a lot of us, I was thinking about it, the music has a lot to do with it sometimes. Oh yeah, so, if the music doesn't kick in right there, I don't think it's as good. Yeah, although it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be iconic where you remember the music specifically. The music has to support what's going on, but it doesn't have to be there. Because my number two one, I couldn't tell you what the music was. Okay. Couldn't tell you. I know it was good, but I couldn't tell you what it was. Um, my number two choice. Uh, did you ever watch Babylon 5? No. Okay. Babylon 5, A, you should. B, you really, really should. And C, you really, 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 really should. But okay, that aside, there is a moment. Let's talk about fighting back. Uh, this was a long story. Uh, J. M. Shazinski, um, JMS, uh, wrote the, conceived the whole show, wrote um, the overall story, and then wrote two seasons solid. Like, this just never done. You always have a team of writers, Joss Whedon and everybody, they always have a team of right. writers, and they write certain key ones, but he wrote every episode for like two seasons solid, just because it was that important, he knew everything had to be just right. And you're building up to this moment where Babylon 5 is a space station, and because of some different political things going on, 
Um, it's basically a, a UN of aliens. Earth controls the space station. They've, they've established this UN, and they have representatives from all these alien races there. And because of some political strife going on, Earth is coming to try to take over the station. In context of where it's happening, that would be a bad thing, because some bad guys have taken over EarthGov. And some of the aliens are really the good guys in this case. And that doesn't mean Earthlings are bad guys, but the people around the government right then were the bad guys. Sheridan, Captain Sheridan, is the one who's um, resisting. And several other big ships, we're talking their aircraft carrier size, giant gunships, show up. Two or three of them. They show up at Babylon 5 saying, we're taking over. And Sheridan's like, no, you're not. Yes, we are. No, you're not. Back and forth. But they really didn't have a whole lot of choice. They were definitely outgunned. They had some weapons, but they're basically a peaceful uh, mission. And at that moment, while they're in this standoff, which is no question, the Earthling, you know, the whole station's going to lose. Sheridan's going to lose in the standoff. Suddenly, um, their method of travel, much like in Star Wars or anything else, you go to hyperspace. The way they represented it is these big wormhole type things would open and ships would come out of hyperspace into normal space. Suddenly, several of them open all around the the station, and Mimbari ships, Mimbari, Mimbari were one of the races. They were ones that had been in a war with Earth a long time ago. I won't go into the wiser or anything else, but it's one that had, has had a battle with Earth in the past that did not go Earth's way. And all these Mimbari ships suddenly show up, and Delenn, the ambassador from Mimbari, who is also, by the way, the girlfriend of Captain Sheridan on the space station, is leading the entire armada there. And she shows up and tells the EarthGov ships they have to leave. And they say, no, don't provoke us, you'll start, a, you'll start a fight. And her response is classic. Her response right there is, I don't see why that should worry me. In all the history of Mumbari versus Earth, only one human has ever survived any fight with a Mumbari ship. He's behind me. You're in front of me. If you value your lives, do not be there. There's a few moments of music, and the ships turn and take off. And it's just an incredible moment. It's one of those you're just like, yeah. Again, the fighting back, the same kind of idea, the fighting back. And I'm actually, my thing is actually very similar to yours. Okay. Um, you and I, I think, pretty much both agree one of the greatest TV shows that never really lasted was Firefly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think the best. That lasted only one season, not even a full season. Yeah, 13 episodes. Yeah, um, which actually changed the age actually a full season, but... You know, those days it wasn't. Um, so Firefly had the series, amazing series. Never really ended. So they made Serenity. Movie. Yep. If you watch them in order, unbelievable. Perfect. If you watch Serenity by itself, which some people did, didn't really like it that much, because you didn't get the whole backstory that you needed. Yeah, it was written for the fans. It, it was, and it, it, it worked well. Yeah. Um, so Firefly, it's always Malcolm versus the Lion, it's that kind of thing. He's always running and whatever it is. He's the Han Solo of the Firefly He, he was, essentially. Yeah. Um, and finally, you know, they get the information. They go to this planet, they get the information that the Lions actually created the Reavers. Spoiler, by the way, I guess kind of. <laughs> At this point, it probably doesn't matter too yeah. much for anybody listening. So and yeah. the Reavers are human, mostly. I mean, human biologically, zombies, they're, hu- biologically, they're uh, human. Something. But, yeah, right. they're, but they're the bad guys. They are some, yeah, they're definitely the bad guys. Well, very, very, animalistic. The bad guys. very animalistic. Yeah. Um, they're everybody's bad guys. It's, they're like the 28 Days Later zombies, actually. Yeah, there you go. They're the rage zombies. Fast zombies suck. Um, 
So they got the information. Like, we had this information against the Lions. They want to go to this central broadcast type station. Um, so they're flying. The problem is they got out of this planet. They had to go through the space to get there. Yep. But you know as soon... The Alliance knows they're going to this broadcast planet. So they'll be waiting. It's a so trap. They'll be waiting for them. It's going to be a trap. It's a trap. What do you do? Mal was such an awesome captain. He had the coolest suicidal plan in the world. It was, was definitely, definitely suicidal. It was definitely a suicidal plan. And unfortunately, cost washes life, but it saved... Spoilers him. again. Yes. It saved everybody else. He fired him and gave a shit. Like, what's he doing? You know, because you kind of... Yeah. When you're watching, like, what's... Why would he do that? You can get away from that. Right. Now they're going to chase you. Yeah, not a good thing. So, you know, he goes, he's absent, uh, you know, I guess hyperdrive, whatever it was. Yeah. And then zooms into the lions and, like, uh, here it comes and opens up. Out comes flying serenity. Okay. And you can see lions just surrounding him and they're kind of like, look at him. He's not even moving out of the way. Crazy. Yeah. And they kind of laugh and then all of a sudden, blip, 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 what happens? All Giant weaver ships. ships come flying out there, and you can see the shock on the Lions' face. And you that see was Dallas. That was definitely shocking off. Shocking off. Yeah, and it's like it's finally happening. That big war between Alliance and Weavers, and Mal's taking it to him. Mal's really taking it to him now because now he just the Weavers are now on you. Now he just has to survive this battle, and you, weaving in and out. Yeah, almost like a leaf on the wind. Exactly. Yeah. What does that even mean? I don't know. <laughs> but, um, you know, that was such a cool moment. That's such a fitting end to that show, which I still wish never ended. Right. But it's such a fitting end where it's kind of like, it's happening. And the Reavers, you know, if you follow the show, you can't run from them. They're going to chase you forever until they're gone. Yeah. So this is it. And it's such a cool moment. Just seeing those blips and, you know, shoot, fire, somebody fire. Who do you fire at? Fire at the Reavers. Yes. You know, what do you do? Such an awesome moment. They fire put them on the edge. Yeah, fire, that's what it was. Fire everything. Yeah. And, oh, man, I, again, yeah. want to stand up and cheer oh, for that. Oh, that's a cool one. Oh, yeah. Um, my next one's a little bit smaller. Okay. Not from a small movie, but a smaller moment. Um, there was, again, a, a cheer. It's because of everything the character has been through in the movie. And that's usually, a lot of times, I think that's what builds up to it. It's when the character, either character or characters, have been through so much. Like by the end of Serenity, they've been through so much. You're so ready for something. Raiders of the Lost Ark, from the first moment of Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones has been through trial after trial after trial. Oh, yeah. Physical abuse and just left and right. Rescuing the girl, rescuing the ark, this, snakes. that, and the other. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? And so on. All right. So he and his girlfriend, he and Marion, are being hidden away on a ship, getting away from the Nazis. And unfortunately, the Nazis show up in a submarine, stop the ship, and they're going to capture them. And unfortunately, they get a hold of Marion. But Indy is hidden. You know, he, he hides away, and I don't even know what those things are called. You know, those big vent things that seem to be on the top of every ship that yeah. look like they should be have a phonograph, you know, an old record player attached to them and yeah. playing music, one of those. So he's hidden away, and the Nazis take what they want to take and leave the crew behind and don't kill them, but they take the girl. They don't realize she's connected to Indy at the point, but they take the girl, get back on the submarine, and take off. And once they're gone, the captain, who's sort of breathing a sigh of relief that Nobody else was killed. Turns to his, you know, second in command and, all right, find Dr. Jones and let's 
figure out what's next. And his second command doesn't move for a moment, and then points straight ahead. Found him, sir! And again, the John Williams music picks up, and I think that's part of what does it. The John Williams music picks up, and the camera turns to the submarine sailing out across the ocean. And there's Indy climbing up on top of the submarine. It's like, really? After everything he's done, he's now climbing onto a Nazi submarine. It's just that moment just so was him. He takes on anything, whether it's a giant boulder or snakes or the entire Nazi you know, empire. Nothing was too big for Indiana Jones. And that moment seemed to be it. It's like, he's not letting him get away with a girl. And you know, what does this one guy do with a submarine? We don't know and don't care. The fact that he climbed up on top of it after swimming over there was enough. That, that was definitely cool as well. Yeah. Um, and then again, the John Williams music did a lot for that. And, and speaking of music, I get to go mid-80s, Transformers the movie. Original uh, cartoon. Oh, the only good Transformers movie. It's the only good Transformers movie. And it was great. Because, you know, you always watch the cartoon. And the cartoon I always loved as a kid, but it always had to kind of bother me like that and G.I. Joe came out at the same time where yeah. they're constantly shooting each other explosions everywhere and nobody really gets hurt. FCC rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when Transformers the movie came out, right from the get-go, Decepticons attacking the Autobots and start killing them. Yep. And it was mind-blowing because, you know, Spike swore, I think. <laughs> I was like, what? He's swearing. Yeah, there, were, there was consequences yeah. to war. Prowl died. Ironhide died. Like, two of the main big characters from the cartoon series die right away. Yeah. Mind-blowing to me. Because, I, I, like, what am I seeing? Yeah. And you get excited about this. And some of the Decepticons yeah. and all that. I mean, you had them both sides. And, they, you know, they had fun music when Hot Rod first showed up and, like, you know, the Dare music plays yeah. and that kind of stuff. And they wanted to see the shuttle landing. Yep. Find it wasn't Ironhide and Prowl, it was actually Megatron. And then the Decepticons just take it to Autobot City. Autobots can destroyed. Finally, one of the coolest heroes in any cartoon ever, Optimus Prime, the real yeah. Optimus Prime, oh. shows up. You know, it's standing there, and I, I never forget it, these lines. He kind of looks over there, and Megatron must be stopped, no matter the cost. All of a sudden, Stan Bush's You Got the Touch. Blaring. The touch. Yeah, great. You got the power. Pride transforms yeah. into trucks. Somehow that big rig shows up behind them where it comes from. I have no idea. And hey, we don't worry about it. Yeah, we don't worry about that. <laughs> Prime jumps over the thing, starts mowing down Septagons, blowing them away, transforms, nice slow motion, cool slow motion, not Michael yeah. Bay slow motion. Yeah. Flies around with the gun blaring, blowing Septagons away, starts fighting them. Yeah. And to me, that was such a cool moment that because was. it was Optimus Prime, man, being how Optimus Prime was meant to be. It was, it was, it was an awesome, awesome moment. Yeah, for probably was I think in the cartoons at least, the original cartoon series, his last showdown with Megatron. Just awesome, man. I mean, that again, fitting ending. Yeah, he lost his life, and even end of that movie was when they played the song again when Hot Rod's facing off against Galvatron. Yeah. You get the, you get a, more of the song. Yeah, yeah. and he's like, arise. Rodimus Prime, and then he transforms into Rodimus Prime, and again. Yeah, and you knew it was coming, but it was okay. Yeah, again, that was okay. Um, I actually, I think, because I was a little kid, I think I kind of cried a little bit when Prime died. Prime was oh, awesome, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. It was, it was incredible. So, again, the music, I think, really helped out that moment. Well, my last one I want to get to, partly because it's the last one I want to talk about, and partly because we don't have a lot of time left. Okay. Got just over five minutes here. Star Trek Generations. 
Not a good movie. Mm-mm. Not a good movie. There are good Star Trek movies. I love Star Trek, and there are bad Star Trek movies. This was definitely not one of the good ones. The bad guy. The bad guy's entire motivation was he wanted to be happy forever. Not like rule things, not like have all the money, not Lex Luthor style happy. Just go to this happy place. Fine, hop on a ship and go fly into the big thing that takes you to the happy place. Yeah. Leave everybody else alone. It just it doesn't make sense. However, it gave us a couple of cool moments in there. The second one, I should say, gave us two moments in there. One cool, one not as cool. Love Picard. Love the Next Generation cast. But nobody is Kirk and Spock and McCoy. Right. Generations mix the two casts together. And because of the way this whole happy place worked, they actually got to rewind time a little bit in the middle of the movie. Again, it didn't make sense. Don't worry about making sense. But you have the bad guy setting up his big plan. He set up all these things, and Picard goes to stop him. And the bad guy comes up to this bridge on this planet where he's going to do all this bad, evil stuff to be happy forever. And on the other end of the bridge steps up Picard. And your first thought is, okay, is he going to be able to stop him? It's too early in the movie. What's going to happen? Yeah. It could have been later in the movie. You still would have been, what's he going to do? How's he going to stop him? Is he going to talk him out of it? Is he going to fight? What, what's going to happen? Trick him somehow? I mean, yeah. you're interested. You want to see what happens. Okay. He doesn't stop him. Bad guy wins, sort of. People go into happy place. Shatner was already there, or Kirk was already there in the happy place from an earlier part of the story. Not by choice, but that's where he's right. at. And Picard convinces them they have to go back and try to do it again because they can come back earlier in time. So they do. All this stuff happens, and they come back, and they're back on this planet, and... There's two different things that have to happen, so they split up. This time, Picard goes a different direction, and Kirk is the one that goes to stop the bad guy directly. You come to the same scene, and the bad guy steps up to the end of the bridge, looks up, and the camera turns, and what he sees is Kirk stepping up, up onto the other end of the bridge. And the only thing going through you and every other person's mind in the theater is, this guy's about to get his butt kicked. And it's a, it is a good, satisfying feeling of just, take it to him, Kirk. And plus, final generation goes, the movie's almost over. And the movie was almost over, so... Now, you didn't know if you, Kirk would live or die or anything right. else, all that, but you knew that guy was going to get his butt kicked right there. And guess what? He did. Movie's still bad. But I know, still bad. Cool. So, we have two minutes and 24 seconds left on our clock. So I think you have a B-Man question of the week that you said is a little more involved this time. I do. It's, well, it's kind of. We're big comic fans, that kind of thing. Yep. So when you enjoy like a comic science fiction movie, you really have to suspend your belief quite a bit. Oh. You have to. You have no Some choice. Some more than others. Exactly. But what particular scene would you suspending your belief, are you kind of like, you know what, this is just too much, even for me. <laughs> I, ju- I just had it at this point. I mean... I can't even go this far anymore. That it's just too over the top, or it just ruins the movie. What scene is that? And that's where we'll leave it. That's where we're gonna leave it. Yes. That, that's an interesting one. I'm gonna have to think about that one some. Um, as usual, there's probably <laughs> lots of ways to think about it. Yeah, I'm it not is. trying to answer it right now. I'm just that's a good question. And you're finding the music anyways for our, our buy. So. Oh, I have it right here. Oh, do you? Of me. No, no, that's, that's, that's not good. a big that's deal. Good. That's not a big deal. But now I'm going to have to remember that one to um, think about. I'm going to have to give that one more thought than I normally give during the week. Oh, and yeah, I hope you do. Because um, I'm able to suspend my disbelief really easily and don't, things don't get to me. I mean, not to answer the question, but I don't mind it if you have a duck walking around playing rock music 
to you know it's in the Marvel universe. That's okay. okay. There we go. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. So if I can accept that, okay, and, and a cat is a red lantern, and a squirrel is a green lantern, and so on. It, it, I'll have to think about this. And oh, see. you let me know. Okay, I'll let next you know. Week. So until next time, this is John Paul. Be man. We are out of here.